Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, the A Show. This is kind of like the penultimate episode to the final Whoa. episode of yeah, oh, wow. it is of, of 2017. Like the, our last 2017 episode is next week. That's penultimate, man. Yeah, that's, 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 it has the word ultimate, and then it has some like prefix that like makes it even better than ultimate. <laughs> like, I, don't know. I had to I had to start off really like Webster's Dictionary this week. I, I feel you. Um, I feel you. Flex that journalism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real journalist. Like Michael Cole. I'm a real journalist. Like Michael Cole, I'm bro. literally a blogger. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, we're here. Yeah, we're back. We're here. We're back, man. Uh, I, I mean, this is our first part of our year in show. Um I'm really excited about this. We've got it, and then this week we'll, we'll be covering the biggest and worst stories of the year, uh, and I guess mixing those two uh, within each other so we can talk about the best and worst of 2017. I, I think I'm really excited about that part. Um, and I guess to start off the show, so we're not going to do no holds barred. We're not going to do a deep dive because the, the list is our deep dive this week. But um, how did you feel about? Let's just touch on a couple of, of things that happened in, in the world of wrestling last weekend and, and up to this day. Uh, Clash of Champions happened um, on Sunday. I think a really unspectacular show. I didn't feel any way. You know, it wasn't a bad show, but I don't think it was a good show either. Um, what did you feel about the show? Started well, didn't stick the landing at all. Yeah, it, it just failed to stick the landing. Like you, I, we, I think with both of the main events, we knew like some sort of. Trouble was coming, but I'll give it to the SmackDown roster, at least for the undercard, to make something out of nothing because no one expected anything from any of the matches. And like three of them came out like halfway decent to good. So, yeah, not not mad at, you know, the the undercard, which would be the uh, triple threat match uh, for the U.S. title. The four way, the confusing four way for the tag match wasn't really that so bad. Confusing. Um, the women's match, I would be cool if I never saw Charlotte and Natty wrestle ever again in my life. I think um, that was a penultimate match. Like, what are we? Like, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I hope so. I, I, I hope was, it was the was ultimate cool match. With the match. I, I, the lumberjack thing, I just feel like this was the, I think, and I've said it like these past three days for there to be has been like, get it over with so we can get through the holidays type stuff. But then they're going to rerun it during the holidays. Cause like the holidays is like either you tune in or you don't. And they have raw on Christmas. So I feel like we're going to get like a best of of the year for, yeah. for, you know, 2017. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a weird, that's going to be a weird show next week, but I think all in all clash of champions, you could have skipped it. Um, I, I ended up being right about Jinder Mahal. I, I think that's the only thing that I guess I can hang my hat on. He, he's not coming out of 2018 with that belt. Uh, how did, what it, I mean, we'll talk about Jinder in a second. But, um, I mean, going into Raw, it was announced that Brock Lesnar is, as we predicted, is going to defend his title at Royal Rumble against Kane and Braun Strowman. Hooray. You excited about that? Uh, no. No. Yeah, uh, no. How could anyone be excited about this? I would have been, you know, I don't know any scenario where I've been excited about this. I was thinking about Brock Lesnar Kane, and I was just like, uh, not really. It's it's really just definite, you know, toss, yeah. toss out, and then Strowman versus Lesnar, but they don't want Strowman to look bad. But Strowman in the Rumble again. Strowman was good in the Rumble last year, I think. Yeah, I, I think they got bigger. They've got bigger plans for him, so I'm cool with him being outside of it. Um, and Kane, I really don't want him to be in the Rumble at all. 
Um, oh, another big thing that came out of Raw, which is largely a nothing show. Um, Dean Ambrose is is injured. Um, he did get a torn. He did. He does have a torn tricep, I believe. Uh, he has surgery today. It's not known how long he'll be out, but knowing how long other people have been out, he's going to more than likely miss WrestleMania. For torn tricep? Hmm. Yeah. Might be. Yeah. Um. um tricep. Yeah. Tricep's a big muscle. Oh, tricep is. It's one of the biggest muscles in your arm, actually. It's what gives you the size in your arm. Yeah. Me, who works out a lot. <laughs> so it's a, there's a lot of movement with the triceps. So, yeah, I could see he's gonna, if he's going to miss Rum, WrestleMania, that kind of screws up the tentative plans of Rollins Ambrose at WrestleMania. Yeah, and, and going deep. Which, I, did, which oh. I didn't like anyway, to be honest. I thought it was kind of lazy. Yeah, and uh, going deeper into the um, – I just opened up the uh, report – um, apparently Dean tore about 50% of his, of his triceps, tricep tendon away from the bone. So they had Jesus to go Christ. back down to the bone where it tore off and, uh, they, they removed all of the extra bursal tissue and all the swollen, uh, stuff around his elbow. He had surgery today. A lot of people are prognosticating six to eight months. Um, I mean, this is the end of a, of an era in a way for Dean because he hasn't been injured. Uh, unbelievably, this whole time he's been on the main roster, he's been he's been injury free. Uh, but I mean, the guy just got married. You know, <laughs> give him some time off, let him get some rest, and have him come back next year uh, after. I don't know. He's gonna be so antsy because I don't know what he does. What does what does Dean Ambrose do when he's not wrestling? He lives in the desert, so probably rides a lot of like ATVs and shit like Nothing. that. He's probably not gonna be so doing I'm, that. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm looking at tricep injuries in the past, and it seems like Dave Batista. Yeah. Um, Dave Batista tricep injury. So he he um, was sidelined. I'm trying to see how long he was sidelined. I know he returned in October, but he was like pretty much like gone since before WrestleMania. So yeah, Ambrose is gonna be gone for a long time. Yep. Um, I, I think this might be a good thing for him. I mean, it sucks to be injured, obviously, but he'll, his character will get a chance to to be restarted, so to speak. I, I think this has worked for a lot of people this year. Um, some of the, some of people some of the people have gotten injured and come back. Uh, and I mean, even if it's like something small, like an illness, like Bray Wyatt, I, I think Bray Wyatt is kind of got a reset uh, late this year, and it, it kind of is helping him right now because he's in a better program. I mean, the Shield reunion in itself has been snake bit since it started. I don't think that it's worked at all. Um, nah. it, so, I mean, this gives everyone a chance to kind of break off without anyone having to do a heel turn. So, I think that works a lot. I um, think it works out pretty damn well. Yeah. And from Raw, we go to SmackDown, which, again, coming off of a pay-per-view, the only big things there are that Brian and Shane are... I mean, we didn't really talk, touch on the match. I thought the, the actual match was, was not that good either. The, the tag no, team match. No, it was just kind of confusing. I get it. The, the drama of it all. The, the, the two referees. The one screwing. They're both corrupt in their own way. So no one comes out like pristine because they're both easily corrupted. One time you have the face Daniel Bryan siding with the heels. And then you have people. You have Shane McMahon who doesn't look any better with the faces. And then Nakamura is just there. And Randy Orange is there. And it's just. It, it, it was kind of all over the place. And on SmackDown, I don't. they didn't really resolve anything. They just kind of aired why they did things, which I guess everybody needs an explanation. But I guess they're kind of holding it. I think it's a, it's in a, I don't know if it's going to lead to something during WrestleMania season, but it seems like they're just 
you know what, we're going to hold on to this. We're going to put this little, you know, nugget in there and say, watch them. They could turn on you um, eventually, and then we'll leave it at that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, I was really disappointed in the show. On, on, but, I mean, I get it. I understand. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I mean you got to get it over with. You got to get it over with, man. Let's get it over with. As long as, hopefully, we start transitioning Sammy and Sammy and Kevin away from Shane. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's happening as the heel turn happens. I I I t- really think that uh, Kevin and Sammy are on the way to being faces. Um, I think they're just going to be naturally turned just to to offset Shane. I I, I actually <laughs> don't think that's going to end anytime soon if Shane does turn heel. But um, yeah, I I just thought two really nothing shows. I I do feel like there's gonna be some storyline stuff next week. I I just have this really itching feeling that that's gonna happen next week at these Christmas shows. That there's gonna be some storyline stuff happening. So I will for sure be watching them next week. Listen, John Cena, you know the guy who defended Team SmackDown, will be on Raw. So yeah, he'll. I think he's gonna announce. He's gonna definitely announce that he's gonna be in the Rumble. I think that's that's a shoe in. He's definitely gonna be in the Rumble. I hope so. That would, that would be nice. I feel like he's going to face Elias. I feel like it. I just feel it in my bones. Like oh, John for sure. Cena, Elias. Easy. Easy win. He'll he'll announce the Rumble entrance, um, and he'll he'll go into the Rumble, and I think that's going to be starting his storyline for to pass Ric Flair's streak, which, honestly, I think they should do. I, I, I mean, I think I'd be cool with it. I, I would not be mad if they passed Ric Flair's, um, his, his number of title reigns. I wouldn't be mad Me at that. Me neither. Me neither. I think I'm cool with it. But yeah, that was this week in uh, WWE, and let's let's go into our best and worst stories of yeah, 2017. Talking about the Royal Rumble. Yeah, speaking of the Royal Rumble this week, uh, and, and I mean this was a late entry, but it's it's fitting. Um, the Women's Royal Rumble was announced for next month's event. Uh, they haven't announced if it's 30, 30 women or not, which I think is kind of interesting and um, promising for us as far as who could be in it. But as far as we know, all of the women from every you know part of the Raw and SmackDown roster will be in this match, except for the champions, obviously. I think Charlotte kind of clued us in on the fact that her and Alexa won't be in the match. But um, I'm really excited for this. I think this is a great idea. I think there's a lot of factors going into a women's Royal Rumble that they haven't figured out yet. Namely, um, women's matches don't go typically long. I think the longest they go is maybe 20 minutes. So having someone in a Royal Rumble, which could last even up to an hour, um, you, you're really depending on the stamina of the women that we have. That's really uncharted territory. I also think um, 30 is it's, it's a super stretch, especially for time. So I think maybe we'll get like 20 max, and maybe it'll be like every minute or, you know, every... 90 seconds I don't even think 90 seconds maybe a minute maybe it starts out with like four of them in the ring already who knows yeah. but I think it's going to be a definitely a different situation than men's but I'm excited for it we talked about it a couple weeks ago um, the, the possibility of it yeah. um, especially with them bringing up the, the NXT girls in such a large you know large amount and I think you know it's a, a surprises I think that's what we, we can look forward to. And it's something cool for the women's division to have that sort of air around them. Yeah, um, I'm super excited for the possibility of this, Like as you said. I'm trying to, I'm looking at the roster right now. I think they're stretching at least 15, at least. So let, let's, let's think of the, 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 um, the stables that are already established. So you have Absolution and you have Riot Squad. That's six, right? Um, Alicia Fox, 
Sasha Banks, Bailey, um, Mickey James. I'm gonna go crazy trying to even remember these girls. Asuka, obviously. Asuka. Um, um, we're looking on Raw. Asuka, we have, you know, you know, just might as well just go to Wikipedia. Um, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> Bailey, Bailey, Dana Brooke, <laughs> Paige. We talk about Paige, Nia Jax. Um, we have on SmackDown. Excuse me, I live in, you know. I live in an area where there's fire trucks and all this other stuff. Jesus Christ. Uh, um, Carmella, yeah. Lana, Naomi, who's the first entrant, first person to enter. We have Tamina and Natalia. I can even see, you know, but I, I, I can see a ton of surprises coming in. And surprises oh, NXT, like, NXT is going to be all over this. But who do you think from NXT? Not em- not Ember, obviously. Um, uh, I I think Nikki Cross. I think the iconic duo would tear the house down. You got to remember, this is going to be a night after um, Takeover. Right. So I think Nikki Cross is, is is a good pick to be in. I think she's crazy enough. I think it's, it offsets a lot of the other women. There's only one of them. Um, I think she has a distinct sort of personality. I think it, I think it could be Nikki Cross. I think even Nikki Bella, if she you know she's re- she says she's retired from wrestling, but I think I don't know how much she can still go. But it's, it's not a lot of movement in female Royal Rumble. Yeah, everyone's gonna uh, want to be in this, and I think even you know I just said Ember. Maybe not even. I think maybe they'll even put Ember in just so she can say she was in the first. You know, like right. everyone's gonna want to be in this. I think Trish Stratus is a possibility if she wants to. I think Trish Stratus, maybe even Lita, Victoria. That's um, um, shit. All the people from the past who who else still wrestles? Not a lot, actually. <laughs> not a lot. Serena. Not I mean, I mean you, could, you could go May Young Classic. I mean, you, you Listen, can do a lot. You're gonna have. Not Eva Marie. Who's the other one? Um, Beyond, Divas champion. M- uh, Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool. I can see Michelle McCool. Yeah. And uh, and who's that? Eve. Eve. Eve Torres. Oh, I, Eve Torres. Ma- Maria Manu- Ma- Maria Menounos is definitely going to be on this shit for sure. It's, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of possibilities. I think it's fun, but does the surprise factor? I don't know. I don't think it'll take away. I was going to ask, does the surprise factor of the women's one will take away from the men's one? No. If the women's surprises are better than the men's. No, I think it's going to be I, it's going to be a long show, and I and I think the Philly crowd should be settled in for four hours because it's going to be a really really cool and surprising show. Like I'm, I, I think it's, it's going to be, be a great. long show, and Philly are restless fans. Super super long show. I, I think the men's one is obviously going to be you know the most um, anticipated. But I think that the the show to me it's gonna st- be structured kind of like a elimination chamber show, you know, when you they used to have two of them and there were two uh-huh. thirty minute ones and they had matches in between. I th- and right. I think that's fine for the Rumble. I think that gives the they Rumble sandwich them. I like it. Yeah, it gives it the Rumble less uh, less fat, you know. How do you think they're gonna have the big pyro, the big point to the WrestleMania with the pyro for the women? It's it's the only thing that they pay for. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> point to the Wrestlemania it explodes in the sky like some crap like that I don't know yeah then they I, have to rejig it up again I don't know let's see how it goes I'm, I'm excited I'm um, I'm excited I hope it's it isn't well women in battle royal formats it's, it's kind of tricky um, I'm assuming it'll just be it won't be an over the top rope because I don't know just women no it's why, would it, why wouldn't it be over the top top rope all right, so have you 
I've noticed over, and I'm, you know, I don't want to sound sexist. I've noticed over like the last like two decades that women have a very hard time going over that top rope. Check SmackDown this week. <laughs> um, I, uh, ladies, if you listen to the show, I did not say any of that. I said none of that. <laughs> they have a very hard time going over the top rope. Jesus I've Christ! Battle Royals after Battle Royals. I'll, I'll recommend a Battle Royal later today, maybe. But it's it's so hard. They're usually through the ropes for that reason. Some of them aren't tall enough. Some of them aren't you know can't just get over there. To you have to like throw your entire body over it. So it's kind of it's kind of a lot. This is this is this is an amazing. Listen, all right. Okay, sure. I know. Uh, I just ruined the moment. I'm sorry. That, that, was, the women's revolu- that was so women's crazy. Revolution. Charlotte is going to whip your ass. <laughs> she is 100%. She's going over that time. She, she's not even in it. I don't no, know. she's not. I, I I think there'll be some shenanigans with her. I, do, do you put Carmella in it? To, like, I, yes. You have to, right? Yeah. I'm past Money in the Bank winners have been in it. Uh, Money in the bank holders have been in it. Have no clue what they do with her. I'm, I would guess she cash in at WrestleMania. No, yes, I don't. I don't think I care anymore. Something, yeah, I don't really care. But yeah, moving on to the to our next story. That was kind of like the biggest story of the week to the to to this to this point. So um, we'll, we'll just we'll just like rapid fire through and, and whatever's like a big story, we'll just kind of we'll spend some time on. Um, sure. the, the next story is the, the evolution of NXT. And uh, this year for 2017 was actually a, a, a very big transition year. And, and I think the last time NXT had a transition year like this was when Finn left in uh, late 2016, where, you know, NXT kind of floundered for about eight months with Nakamura and Bobby Roode at the top. And I think the TV really suffered. But uh, with the exit of Nakamura and then Roode afterwards, NXT, and I want to say like the past five months, has turned into again uh, the mo- the the best probably one of the best wrestling shows if not the best wrestling show on TV. Um, I think I think one of the reasons why is um, I feel like especially in the beginning of NXT or at least the, the, from the arrival on it seemed like a lot of the homegrown stars were getting the development that you know that they get you know that make fans sort of connect whereas probably for the last few months it just seems like a revolving door you kind of see Joe come in and it's like Joe then Joe leaves and then you kind of see Nakamura come in and then it's time for Nakamura to go and Bobby Roode come in and now it's time for Bobby Roode to go but they've been really kind of taking their time they're not put put throwing anybody up to the main roster too quickly I mean we saw that with Asta um so they're taking their time. Everybody's getting a little bit of development. They're feeling out everybody. Um, and we're getting a bunch of new tag teams, everything. So it, it, it seems like they're more developing now, redeveloping, rebuilding as a brand. And I, and I think what I love the most about current NXT is that other than the women, and I think we'll get to that in a second, on, on that are on that roster, that I think that there are a lot of people here that I think that they see as top people for the foreseeable future and that won't be going anywhere for the foreseeable future. And you've got guys like Roderick Strong and you've got Adam Cole and you've got, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the, the whole Undisputed Era. You have um, Andrade Cien Almas. You have uh, a lot of the, the Mae Young Classic women that are coming up who you can see they will be touring these loops that Nakamura and Finn and all of those guys toured for like a year and a half. And I don't think that any of these guys are going to go up for it for like the foreseeable future. But I also don't think that's a bad thing because NXT is now 
as much as I mean, I hate to say it, it's not developmental. It is its own. It's its own beast and it's its own show. And I think that um, you have to have a, a star and a top guy, and you have to have a face of it. And I see guys like Adam Cole and, and Roderick and Andrade and and shit, Alistair Black. I mean, we didn't even say his name. Like, there's just Alistair the amount of Black, talent. Gargano, Champa. When he comes you back, know. yeah, like, and and if you want to keep it a hundred, and and we're kind of, I'm kind of like. Revealing a lot, but I mean, our, our some of the best matches and some of the best shows in the WWE period this year came from NXT. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And then you, you, I mean, it's just been able to be this this really cool melting pot of everything that is cool about the WWE. And I think that even if people find that the main roster is not cool and they don't like the writing, they are more in tune with the kind of world of sport and and. You know, strong style version of NXT where it's like I get to get my indie guys here and I can just I don't have to watch anything else for the rest of the week. And I have a takeover every other month and it, and it works that way for me. Great. It's, it's, NXT has been great. Um, I'm interested in rebuilding. I see they have a lot of talented new, a lot of people who's been in developmental for a very, very long time. But we saw the Joes and the Roods and, and, and the Nakamura's come in. There's There's been a lot of people who've been training the, as a developmental brand as it once was, people who were training to come up to be on television and now i think we're starting to see those people slowly flow in and now i think we, we can you know we can become accustomed we can grow with these talent again yeah. i think it's going to be similar to what we had 2014 2015 now and and on the women's side i mean this is a chance for ember moon to rebuild herself i think the women's side of nxt and developmental in general is very top heavy right now and that's why I wasn't too upset about Liv and Sarah and Ruby and Mandy and, and Sonya all leaving because it, they had no place on that show. Um, and I mean, you could argue Ruby did, but I think Ru- they needed to put Ruby with Sarah and Liv because she's a ring general and she already knows what she's doing. Um, but I think, you know, as a, t- as a, as a whole, you have, you still have Nikki Cross, you still have Kyrie saying, Jesus Christ, you've got Shayna Baszler, you've got Bianca Belair, you've got Missy Martinez who just signed. You have a lot of people there that are ready to go. And I think they have a lot to do with the women and they have a lot of stuff that they need to grow and not make that Oscar mistake. I mean, Oscar honestly killed that division for a whole two years. She beat everybody. And we're going to get to Asuka in a second, too. <laughs> but I think that the women are given a chance to breathe and they let that title get passed around. Like, I haven't seen anyone with that title for two years other than Asuka and then Bailey. So it's like, it's weird. Yeah, it's time, it's time to give it a pulse again. Yeah. A little bit of a pulse. Even if it's like switching it, it's time to give it a pulse. Time to, you know, establish new people. It's time to make sure that it, everyone knows that it could be anyone. Everyone's in contention. Yes. Everyone's yes. A, everyone is a possible women's champion. Not everyone, but you, you know, you have a solid group as like, of women, similar to the Four Horsewomen era of the NXT, where it was like, it could be anybody. Everyone's extremely talented. And it's not just Asuka, who is supreme ta- talented. Yeah. And no, you know, no offense to Asuka. No, no, of course not. Um, and, I mean, it, it's it's really just a testament to how good Triple H is and mining this talent. And I, and I think you have to have these, these guys there. Or else, you know, obviously NXT gets stagnant, but you have to be ready for the new guys that are coming in. 
There are a lot of rumored names next year. We're not going to get into that. But I think NXT just going in is, is, is very strong. And just to kind of go into all of the, the main roster debuts from NXT, I think this might be the largest main roster graduation that they've ever done. Um, let's, go, let's go through the names. Uh, we've got... Yeah, after every... It looks like after every main show, they debuted somebody new or at least, you know, thrown somebody new on the roster. Yeah. Um, Samoa Joe. Oscar, Bobby Roode, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, The Revival, Elias Sampson, Hideo Itami, all moved up this year. Nakamura did too. Nakamura did too. Right? Nakamura. Oh yeah. yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, Nakamura. How could I forget. <laughs> Nakamura. Um, um, it's, it's, it's a great class. Listen, yeah. and they're they're doing they're doing fine on the main roster i'm not saying anyone no one was like an instant star like finn for instance which yeah. you know, came out the gate universal champion but they're 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 finding their place they're finding their footing i think they're within they're still it's still like a merge of an era it's still merging a couple eras together where you have the era of the rollins reigns and ambrose and now we have this sort of new era of finn balor samoa joe and there's everyone's just trying to find their footing and where they belong yeah um i i just love nxt and i and i think that that, that's not gonna stop (laughs) which um which which debut which um which person do you think have had the biggest impact samoa joe and uh, and Oscar as a, as a distant second, um, I mean if you go down this list, I mean Bobby Roode he's kind of lost. Uh, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville they're doing fine. Ruby Riot's right. doing fine. So Sarah Logan's doing fine. The Morgan's doing fine. The Revival have been injured for half of the year. Um, Elias is fine. He's he's kind of just you know now getting his his, his footing. Uh, Hideo Itami just debuted this week I can't really call it He was off of NXT's TV for like six months Or three, yeah. three or four months Shinsuke is the most Is the more interesting um, I, I think we gotta give him a, At least six more months In my opinion Before I can call it I think um, I think he's not a main priority Like I'm saying Like I've said before There are priorities in the WWE And I don't think he's a main one um, Everyone's sort of Clamoring for the Styles versus Nakamura match at WrestleMania, and it's a possibility that could happen. But I think it's also a, a, an equally, possibly fifty-fifty possibility it could not happen. Right. Um, and and but we'll we'll see how it goes from there. Like you said, we we can wait out the next six months, see how they use him at the biggest show of the year. Yeah, and I mean, again, you, you're right. He could be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, you know, in April. But I think right. I think that when he came up, they needed a body. Um, uh-huh. They needed a debut and they needed a star on SmackDown to run to work the loops that Randy and John wouldn't work all the time. And I think they found right. that in Nakamura. He's all he's at you know all the house shows. They needed him for the Japan tour too, and they've got him for the Japan tour. So I think that's why they needed him at that moment. And I think going into 2018, that's why I'm saying to wait. But I think as far as the, the two people I felt had the biggest impact, I mean Samoa Joe. His first night in <laughs> injured Seth Rollins, <laughs> and off, off the bat, I think we can talk about that from the WrestleMania. But yeah, it's, a, it's, it's crazy. And then he's like Samoa Joe has lost what three times on the main roster. Um, he's he's lost to Seth maybe twice. Mm-hmm. Um, he's lost to Bro- Brock Lesnar, of course. Um, and he's lost to Roman, I think, and that's it. Listen, 
he's had, he's had a strong impact. He's he's never and, and I said this last week. He's never booked to be weak. He's never booked to be stupid. He's always booked to be exactly what he says he is, and that's someone who can whip your ass. And I think that's effective. And I think that's why people is for as for him being such a heel. He has so much support every single week. And it wasn't just the L.A. show that that was like something that was happening. It's been since the L.A. show that he's been getting a groundswell of support every single week on Raw. 100%, man. Um, we talk about the debuts and Hideo Tommy. Let's talk about this. Can we shift into the Cruiserweight division? No, yeah. Also speak, speaking, of, speaking of divisions and, and, and shows that have their footing, let's go to one that has no footing whatsoever. 100%. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, Two hundred five live. They was this was two hundred five live something that came this year or late last year. It came I, late I last year. It was late last year. It was yes. It was um, started November twenty ninth, yeah. late last year. Um, still struggling to find its footing. I mean, it's an hour. It's an hour that's taped after SmackDown, so people kind of tend to be burned out after for SmackDown. For now, for now, it's an hour. For now. <laughs> For now, and people tend to be sort of a little, you know, burnt after SmackDown, and then you have these cruiserweights go out there, and they they haven't established too many person. They tried the original roster from the cruiserweight classic, and they want to see how it works. And I, I don't know if it didn't work, so they started bringing them the big names. And one of the first big names of the year was Neville. Yeah. Um, Neville immediately became the cruiserweight champion upon his arrival, defeating Rich Swan, and Yikes. it became. <laughs> The Neville level for the next eight months. Yeah, he lost it once with, or he lost it one time, but like to, in the Tazawa. middle of his reign. Yeah, to um, Tazawa. He lost it once to Tazawa. He, he killed him. The, the matches are amazing. Um, I think he brought sort of he brought eyes to the division, but I don't think it was the eyes that you know we see when they decide, hey, we're, you know what, we're going to bring in another major name, and that was Enzo Amore. Um Enzo being brought in after he was he, he was split from his partner Cass and they really had nothing from to do since Cass got injured and they said hey people originally looked at it as a punishment they were like hey we're gonna move him to 205 Live so he doesn't annoy us on the main roster but he's taken the opportunity and he sort of ran with it and it's there are more eyes on 205 Live now and way more controversy between who deserves to be there is it's an it's a natural heel people who don't believe he should be in the spot he is, he's in but he's there mm-hmm. so it, it's 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 working with enzo more and they, they they tried with kalisto which was a dud unfortunately and i actually like kalisto but my god i think he took the opportunity and unfortunately it fumbled you know just just fumbled it um to no fault of his own and now we see Hideo Itami coming in um, but still it hasn't really gotten its footing yet um, it hasn't become a must-see show it doesn't have superstars that are you know in demand um, they have these tag matches on Raw which people aren't fully interested in it's what do we do with 205 Live moving in 2018 I, th- I I don't think that I don't think that having Hideo and potentially Rockstar Spud from TNA. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think Enzo's a bad thing. I think Enzo's been, from what I see, the the, the segments I catch, he's always a, a highlight of the show. He, they, I mean, you realize he hasn't wrestled in, like, weeks. Right. You know, but he's always... Uh, he's helped close Raw for a couple weeks during the summer. Yeah, I mean, but and, and that was that was Vince... 
I think that was Vince saying, hey, we need to make we need to try and get some eyes on it. And, and I think it worked, at least for the weeks that they tried it. But I mean, obviously the ratings on Raw tanked whenever he was on screen by itself. But Listen, a good two hour raw is everything I need, man. <laughs> but I, I think going moving in, I, I pack the show out. Pack the fucking show out with stars. Pack the show out with stars that people are gonna wait to go see or wait to see. I don't understand the. I don't understand why they wouldn't do. You know, like why aren't they inter- into house shows now? And they yeah, have Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy on it, so yeah. it's kind of like. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they intermingle with the other superstars on Raw? Like we're starting to see it now, and I, and I think you're seeing glimmers of, of of things that they're trying to do, like putting a Nia Jackson show, putting a Neville on the show, and I, th- I think Neville coming back will in exponentially like exponentially raise the amount of people that will watch that show if they can get Neville to come back and I think they know it I think so as well I think they know it but I I mean you want to have them intermingle I mean the 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 few times they've done it like when when Neville was comes out when Braun Strowman was walking out and Braun kind of looks at Neville like what's up you know what I'm saying like moments like that are cool and, and we didn't have enough of that. They felt like this, the cruiser wakes. Like, you gave them their own ropes. You gave them their own... Like, shit like that was unnecessary, you know? Like, you have to make them feel special, but you also have to make them feel as though they are, imp- like, important, but also integrated within the actual universe, you know? Like, right. they felt like they're not even a part of the like WWE. they're superstars, too, in a sense. They're not just cruiserweights that are just like, oh, these... two. 205 pound a little only they're also wwe superstars as well yeah they, you know? they never felt like stars to me they haven't felt like stars felt to like me all year show a little bit yeah and, and i mean they they main event main event you know like that's right. <laughs> that's what they do and i think that you know they have it's they have a bigger uphill battle than you know nxt losing a couple losing a shinsuke nakamura they have characters there that have been so damaged and made to look stupid fucking rich swan i think was dressed up as a clown earlier this year like for halloween or something like that like they had they've had these weird fucking episodes where it's just like why would i ever take this show seriously i think we need i think you i think moving in 2018 i don't know we add some sort of structure to the actual show itself um i don't want to make 205 live seem like its own brand but something of an uh maybe even an authority figure a commissioner i think that's what spud i think that's what spud's gonna do the, the commissioner of Raw doesn't even show up on 205 Live because yeah. he doesn't work Tuesdays. Yeah. So <laughs> we have we have some sort of authority figure. I think for the house shows, it would be great if they managed to, even if it's a one-time only, you managed to bring over some talent you had in the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. I think that would be amazing, too. You think that's coming back this year? I think, I think one tournament's coming back this year. I would like to see the Cruiserweight Classic come back because there's so many other Cruiserweights and then you have a lot of free agents now. Yeah, listen, Ricochet who, became a free agent this year. But here's my thing. Seeing what they do to 205 Live, who would sign is my right, question. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's the WWE nonetheless. True. It's, it's, it's still the WWE umbrella. I mean, you would hope you don't... You would hope you pack on a few extra pounds for, to be 215 or something, but it's still under the WWE umbrella. Like, you, you, you want to use that opportunity and make the most of it, but I completely understand. I, I don't know if I'd be into it, but, you know, 205 Live, we're moving in 2018, and I'm... I don't say I'm interested to see what they do, but I'm open for them to really wow and surprise me. Uh, put the belt on Cedric. Let him run with Hideo. Let him let him have a title. Shit, I, I, I don't guarantee. think Cedric's the answer. As much as I do like Cedric, I don't think Cedric's the answer. I think 
we need, I think, I would, to me, if I was booking it, I'd probably keep it on Enzo for a while and hope Neville comes back. Um, because I think you really have a blood, you have a strong, like, blood feud there. Um, and I would sort of, I would build up the lower, t- I don't know, but no one cares about the undercard. Like, Brian Kendrick and the British dude has been on the undercard for months, and I don't give a damn. And I, and I forgot his name, too. That's Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher. I forgot his name, too. That's the worst part about it. Like, you know, it's a, is it is it hard to, you know, add an authority? I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm open to them wowing me in 2018. I want to be invested in 205 Live. I don't know if I have the time, but I think, you know, just it's on the network on demand. I can watch it anytime. This is the longest we've ever talked about 205 Live on this show. I think this is the last time we'll talk about it this long. I'll say that. Yeah, 100%. Um, Kurt Angle returned this year to the WWE after almost a decade. And um, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame this year in a, in a really great moment. He had a really dope speech. Um, how did you feel about, you know, before we get to the next part, how did, how did you feel about him, you know, getting inducted to the Hall of Fame and, you know, everything that happened up leading up to that? Well, um, Kurt is one of my favorite wrestlers, just period. I think after The Rock left, he became my favorite wrestler, and then once he left, Edge did. Um, so I'm all for Kurt Angle and everything Kurt Angle. I think he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, but I think we all really just wanted the match. Like, before even the Hall of Fame, you wanted to know, will he get back in the ring? Yeah. Um, he's, he's definitely a Hall of Famer, but we wanted to see Kurt Angle and in a completely new landscape of the WWE and see what he would bring to the table on the biggest stage of them all. Yeah, and and um, from the, I mean, I, I obviously love the idea. I think he's one of the strongest. I think a couple of ideas that people have had for Hall of Fame candidates in the next three years are really strong candidates. I mean, you've got, you've still got uh, The Undertaker, possibly. You've still got, you know, a couple of other guys that could go in, but I think Goldberg. Goldberg, Goldberg, obviously, and we'll get to Goldberg in just a second. But after he was inducted, it was announced that he was going to stay around for a while, at least in the near future, as the Raw GM. Uh, how do you think about his tenure as the uh, Raw GM who was always on his telephone? And I mean, just let's go down a list of what he's done as the GM this year. He's had a illegitimate son revealed. <laughs> oh, so something. Oh, so, some 2002 shit. Um, yeah, he, he has been, dem- you know, demeaned and emasculated by Stephanie McMahon. 100%. And, and, and people the, have almost died on his watch multiple times. Yeah. Like Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Roman, Roman Reigns has almost died. He, uh, he started, he basically fucked over the cruiserweight division by, uh, giving Enzo a clause where no one in the cruiserweight division could actually defend the belt. Thanks, Kurt. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> great idea. And I mean, more exciting than that, um, he went back to the ring. He got back in the ring this year. We did get that match, and we got it twice uh, within three weeks. <laughs> as yeah. Kurt, Kurt Angle uh, became a member of the Shield for one night only at TLC against the <laughs> against the Miz, Kane, Sheamus, and Cesaro, and Braun Strowman. Insane. Uh, he was heavily protected in that match, though. Yes. I mean, he, he had a great moment where he came back after and just started angle slamming and suplexing people, and it, it was a great moment for Kurt Angle. I, I, I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought it was it was a it was a great fucking moment. And then three weeks later, we got it again at Survivor Series, where he he did a lot. He did a little bit more on Survivor Series, I yeah, think. He eliminated but, John Cena from in the Survivor Series match for some apparent reason, but you know, whatever. John Cena's not there. Um, and then, you know, I think we started the seeds of a Triple H, um, Kurt Angle program. 
that could possibly be leading hey, towards tri- tri- Triple H Braun, Triple H fucking Jason Jordan, Triple H Shane yeah. McMahon. Tri- Triple H has eight feuds coming out of Survivor, uh, Survivor Series. Uh, one of my one of my least favorite shows of the year. But um, I, I think, you know, more power to Kurt Angle. I think give him one more match. I think give him something at Mania some, with someone that he can sink his teeth into. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I, it doesn't seem like he lost a step to me, but I don't think he's at full, you know, he's no, not at full capacity. yet, but yeah. it, it seems like he's still moving at maybe like a quarter speed of like maybe, maybe a little bit more of what he used to be, but he, he, he can still go. Um, he shouldn't be doing the moonsault anymore, I think. But he will. <laughs> he's a maniac. He's a maniac. He's one hundred percent a maniac. Like he will. Yeah. Um, I, um, yeah. I, I'm really cool with it. Uh, Karango returned. Um, speaking of wrestling, I think he's a better GM than McFoley. So for all that, for all intents and purposes, I I think his facials uh, on screen are always great. Yeah. Period. One hundred percent. Uh, but speaking of WrestleMania, uh, speaking of Hall of Fame, <laughs> the, uh, let, let's let's go to the main event of WrestleMania uh, from this year, which was The Undertaker and Roman Reigns, a match that I, I think there was a lot of intrigue because we wanted to see. I, I don't think there was a, a doubt in my mind Undertaker would have lost that match, but I think I was just trying to see how he was going to lose it. And I think the match that we got, I don't think any of us could have ever imagined what we saw at WrestleMania. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was moving a little bit better. To be honest with you, I don't know if he was in full. I mean, I don't know if was he coming back from injury. It seemed like he's always coming back from injury, Mills. Well, that's true. He's he's, he's very old. He's an old bag of bones. Um, I mean, it, it was it was a bad match. I mean, the Undertaker was. If you say Angle was moving at a at a half speed or quarter speed, Undertaker was moving at maybe less than that. Um, I think he just. I think just his strength wasn't there. I'd say a lot of his strength, a lot of things that he does require power. Um, a lot of things he does require speed. I think he still has a little bit of speed. I think he's faster. He's still faster than a couple superstars in the ring. Unfortunately, Ooh, he's not faster than Braun. You know, he's not faster than Braun. He's faster <laughs> than like Big Cass. Like Big Cass is slow. Like I'm so. I'm like Undertaker still moves faster than you. Like, Big Cass is seven feet tall and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> you can't teach that. Um, but it's a it, it was a bad match. I have I actually have not watched it since WrestleMania. Oh, try try watching it again. I I think that the crowd turned on it. Um rightfully so. I I Lord help Roman cuz I know a lot of people give Roman shit for that, but it's like how much? I, how much could you carry that? I I think if you put AJ in that in that ring, the same thing would have happened there too. Um, Do you think it should have been the main event of WrestleMania, though? It, I mean, if only for the angle, which we're going to get to, um, then yes. But if, if Undertaker was going to win, then no. Right. Okay. Uh, um, and, I mean, I guess they alluded to the fact that Undertaker retired afterwards. There was a very long 15-minute uh, section before the show Listen, ends. <laughs> where, that's a long match, my friend. <laughs> where He needs a Red Bull and, like... <laughs> The match ended. The match was what ten minutes, fifteen minutes long, and then you had another fifteen minutes of the Undertaker laying in the no ring. Way. Laying it in the ring. It felt like an eternity. No way that could have been fifteen minutes long. Well, what was this WrestleMania? Thirty three, thirty four, thirty three, thirty three. I'm looking it up now. The match was twenty three minutes. Yeah, it was like fifteen. Yeah, twenty three minutes. It's. 
It felt like an eternity. It actually felt longer than 23 minutes. But maybe that's because of entrances and 15 minutes of adjusting. Well, that's that's from bell to bell. That's from bell to bell. That's from bell to bell. That's 23. But, I mean, 15, 15 minutes after that, I mean, he's laying in the ring. He's getting up. He's sitting up. He takes his boots. Or he takes his uh, gloves off. He starts walking out. And then I, I, like I the end of Mr. Rogers. Like, yeah. Oh my god. And he walks. <laughs> he walks up the rent. Like I think the music had stopped. Like his music had literally stopped. He was laying on the on the mat for a really long time. Um. He puts his hat down or something like that, and he walks he away. Leaves his hat. Leaves his gloves. Leaves his walker. Leaves. You know, <laughs> he, he's just out there. He's like, yo, just stroll me back. And then I hook me up. And then I guess Vince feeds Michael Cole to say this is the this is possibly the last time we'll ever see the Undertaker, and it's like. You guys say that like every single year. I mean, you guys said it when John Cena left his wristbands in the fucking ring last year. I mean, it's it's it happens a lot. Right. Um, do you think their Undertaker's done? I don't think the Undertaker's done. I, I don't think he's done. I think he's done when they put him in the Hall of Fame and I think they make that Hall of Fame the biggest one ever. I think he's do I think he's done? Um do I think he has another WrestleMania. Do I think he has another WrestleMania in him? No, but will that stop him from going to WrestleMania again? Hell no. Um, but he's he's pretty old. Like I don't know. It's, last I heard, he was invested in real estate and, and all these other things. I mean, he's fifty-two. You've definitely seen people wrestle past fifty-two. For instance, Vince McMahon. Yeah. But he has not wrestled every day for like the last thirty years. Yeah. Um, so I say it's up in the air. I don't think this is the last we've seen of him. Uh, he'll be at he'll be at Raw twenty five. Oh, for sure. So we'll see what goes on. You better there. Ho- you better hope you're in the right uh you better hope you're in the right uh the right arena. I'm gonna I I know right that's so confusing. He could sh- show up at the Manhattan Center because he was he had he was part of the first Raw, so he could be there and it's like a shitty Manhattan Center entrance or something <laughs> like a like a. A family dollar version of his entrance or something. I don't know. Yeah, sure, sure. I I think he's gonna be in Barclays. You're gonna be fucked. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to Barclays. Fuck that. It's closer. <laughs> uh, but we go from really great match to a match that I felt like really should have been the main event. I, a match that's literally I'm like no lie, one of my top ten matches of the year. Um, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar's match from uh, WrestleMania completely blowing away their their 2004 match and being to me the best Goldberg match he's ever had um I I really love this match I think they decided let's see how much Goldberg can actually go and maybe that's the reason for the placement of the match because this was the money match to me this was the this is the attraction this was the main event this is what everybody probably been waiting what was it like WrestleMania ended like what, like eleven forty-five, twelve yeah. o'clock. Like, yeah. shit, shit gets longer and longer every fucking year. <laughs> but like, this was the match everyone wanted to see, and, and Goldberg, you know, albeit he had a very short run this year, had a very prominent run. He he was in the Royal Rumble. He wrestled for three straight pay-per-views. Um, the Royal Rumble, he was there. He eliminated Brock Lesnar. Um, I believe it was Fastlane. Yeah, fast lane. He won the Universal Championship from Kevin Owens in just a short amount of time, and then we we finally got the the challenge between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, and and it did live up to everybody's expectations. And and, and just to just to go back on it, I love the story, and and I think the story to me between Brock was the, was the biggest 
um, the biggest thing about it was that he beat the dog shit out of Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series, and that caused Brock to go away. You know, he went away. He was like, holy shit, I just got beat. And no one ever thought that he would beat Brock. He, brought, he beat Brock in like a minute, right? Like one minute. It was, wait, at um, Survivor Series or WrestleMania? Survivor Series. Survivor Series, yeah, it was a minute and a half, yeah. Yeah, and, and it, that was the most talked about moment from that Survivor Series. And then it's like, you know, the story was that Brock is trying to redeem himself and Brock isn't going to fall for the same thing. He was trying to beat the spear. He was trying to beat the jackhammer. And then they both beat each other's finishers. You know what I'm saying? It's like it was chaotic. It was it was a great match between literally it was the match we should have gotten a, over a decade ago, you know, and they finally fulfilled on that promise. And, and I think that was, you know, for a show like WrestleMania, you know, this year's show, I you know, there wasn't a lot of bright spots to it. But I think that was the bright spot, other than like the AJ Shane match to me. Well, you know what? Let's can we can we revisit WrestleMania 33 for a second? Yeah. It, was, it was one of the biggest, you know, shows of the year. They went back home to Orlando. Sure, let's do it. They, they went back home to Orlando. We saw Mojo Raleigh win the Andre the Giant Memorial, you know, trophy, and we see how that played out over the next six months. It almost took <laughs> a almost took a year for him to even capitalize on that. He was like, "Oh yeah, didn't you know I won a trophy?" And now I'm thinking a feud behind it. We've had we had the AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon, the kind of hot feud in the, in a match that you know AJ Styles brought out the best of Shane McMahon, one of the best matches on the card. Four stars. Four stars. Um, we had the combination of you know Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Well, not the combination, but it it, it was the oh boy, that was just the beginning. <laughs> yeah, it was the, of a major rivalry and, and the the reveal at the friendship the friendship friendship festival. The festival of friendship, brother. Come on, the festival of friendship. Uh, one of the best, one of literally one of the best moments on Raw all year. Um, one of the best reveals is a slow burn. It went well. We had a fatal four-way match, kind of forgettable, between Bailey, Charlotte, Nia Jax, and Sasha. Get them all on the show. It was originally like a, a three-way match, and they added Nia the Monday before, which was fucking frustrating. And then we had the return of the Hardys, which is it's still uh, ranks. Actually, I was looking at WWE. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with like their YouTube numbers because I just want to see what's popular. Um, the <laughs> Hardy Boys is literally the return of the Hardy Boys is literally one of the biggest videos they have on YouTube ever. It was trending for days. It's it's got umpteen million views. Like it's one of the biggest moments ever. Um, they they returned. We had John Cena and Nick, Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. A, 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 a nice program. I thought I loved the program. I thought the program got they they started shooting. I think the I think that's when I started liking the Miz. I think to me it gets too shooty because John Cena does that thing where it's like he always gets the last word. Yeah. Um, and he gets the last word, and it's also the loudest, and it's also the most emphatic, and it's also everything. The most disrespectful. Think, it's the most disrespectful. <laughs> most disrespectful. I think he called him a pussy or a bitch on TV. Yeah. Like it's it's something along those lines. We had Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Seth Rollins. Went through the ringer to try to make it to WrestleMania. Um, he he was injured, as we talked about earlier. He was injured by Samoa Joe the, the night after. I want to say the Royal Rumble. It was the night after the Royal Rumble. Well, let's let's and let's not say it was it was Joe's fault. It was a freak accident. Well, well, right, right. Well, <laughs> well, Joe will say it's his fault, but yeah. in sort of kayfabe. But you know, it, it was an accident, and he tried his best. He actually made it 
to somewhere in between. It might have been after Fastlane. He returned. And and the feud was going well. I mean, we had we had Seth Rollins show up on NXT yes. looking for Triple H. That was a great and, and that's what I was gonna touch on is that the the they had to go big for that st- that storyline because this was literally a year in the making. It was supposed to be last WrestleMania. It was supposed to be last year. Yes. And and um they had to go they had to pull out the stops and they had to kind of get personal there and make it seem like it was a blood like a blood feud. And um I, I love that. And I and I also love Shane's not Shane, uh Seth's when he was on the crutches and he revealed that he wasn't injured and he he cut that promo. And I thought that was an amazing promo. I thought of returned yeah it was a night he returned but he was like he, he, he triple h was like you know I'll, I'll i'll give you the match but i'm not gonna promise you that you know if i hurt you it's not my fault you gotta sign this thing off that it's not my fault if i hurt you i believe he said the only thing i hated about that night was that triple h eventually <laughs> did get the upper hand like i know he's still injured but at least give him that like have him stand make it seem like he's a threat i don't know triple h has done some some sus shit this year um <laughs> uh yeah for all the good he's done for all the good he's done he does really big bad things yeah big bad um we have Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt which I went in I did like this feud believe it or not I thought it was it was a feud that extended from the backlash of the previous year so it was from September um they played it that Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton's under Bray Wyatt's control. They they have you know callbacks to it. You talk about there's a callback um, promo that Randy Orton did that you know alludes to what he was doing with Bray Wyatt, and then it you're, you're giving it way more thought than what they did at the end it of this feud. It was really good. It was really <laughs> the match. Really good. The match was awful. The match was awful. Don't get me wrong. The match was awful. Bray Wyatt was WWE champion. No one remembers that from this year, but he beat. AJ, AJ Styles, Styles and John Cena. <laughs> and John Cena in the Elimination Chamber to win the belt. You know, he beat him again, too. He beat them again. He, yeah, he beat them again as well. Um, in the three-way, I think. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so it, it, it became that. The match was awful. The, I, I don't know, but I thought the feud was good. And you know what's crazy? Think- you know what's crazy how they squandered Bray? Is that during that three-way match on SmackDown, I believe... Um, John actually told Bray to pin him, not AJ, to make Bray. So it's it it they squandered Bray so badly because literally right after that it was a shoot superstar shakeup and they put him on a different show, and then they made him lose the belt. Uh, I mean, at least he can say he was WWE champion. <laughs> I think yeah. that's really what to me. He isn't at the peak of his powers unless he is the ruler of the WWE, but he'll never hold it that long for it to be, you know, reality. And then Randy Orton, a WWE champion 2017, was kind of wild. I don't know. I don't think we needed people that. People hated it, and they, they really... There's this thing with Randy Orton when people are like, he's a racist, he's MAGA, blah, blah. Listen, man, okay? Listen. I'm not going to defend his beliefs. I think... Yeah, because I'm waiting for you to explain that. <laughs> I'm not defending his. I'm not defending his beliefs. Okay, I'm not doing that at all whatsoever. But it's not Randy jockeying and and begging and saying he needs the belt. If anything, it's always Randy saying he needs some time off. Yeah. It's not his fault that he gets put in these feuds. It's not his fault that you know what I'm saying. I don't think Randy Orton is a better. Thing I think my problem is that they're equating his beliefs with his wrestling ability. And if that's the case, y'all need to say the same shit about AJ Styles. Because he's homophobic. Just keep it on it. Uh, listen, 
Like, be all the way with it. Like, Randy Orton is not a bad wrestler. And I think this year proved that, he, I mean, he's tremendous when it comes to storylines, when it comes to actually trying to put people over. Like, he's done a lot, a lot of shit that he hasn't had to. He put Aiden English over, like, three times this year. And he didn't have to do that. He could have said, fuck that shit. You know, like, get, put some respect on the man's name. I'm not saying, like, go all in on the guy, but, like, put some respect on his name. Man. He's, he's had more good moments in the past three or four years than he has had bad. I'll just put it that way. But yeah, that match was shitty. I don't know. Randy Orton seems like on cruise control for me. Like, he's just very, he's just like coasting. You know, he'll take his sick days when he got him. Nakamura match was fire. Nakamura match was fire. Nakamura match, it was really good. I think it's because Nakamura tried. And Uh, Randy tried. I feel like like him and Nakamura really like each other, though. And like, you can can tell. I think they're from the same lazy tree. (laughs) <laughs> you're like, bro, you know, you gonna you gonna try for this match? Out of here, Aiden English. What are you talking about? Like, I'm just gonna wing this. It's Rusev again. Like, I talked to him and they get me six seconds with the guy at SummerSlam. Of course, I'm not gonna try. Like, you know, they're from the same. They're from the same. Like, I'll, I'll work when it means something. Tree to me. Again, a, a, a longer Randy Orton conversation than we've ever had. But uh, I, I, like looking into 2018, like. What the fuck? Is someone robbing a car by you? Oh my god! Why do you have to say that? It's a yes. It's a car alarm. I have no idea. I can't. Let's let's just ignore the car alarm. Why you? Okay, it's there gone. There we go. Right. There we go. I'm just trying to, you know. Listen, you really you're trying to set the scene of where I live. Yeah, you really in New York with the shit. <laughs> I feel like Lenny on The Simpsons. But I, don't tell anybody how I live. <laughs> <laughs> but but looking into 2018, like, how do you think Mania is going to shake out? Like, I, I think that the the lar- the broad strokes. <laughs> The broad strokes are kind of already figured out. I think we're getting Roman and Brock again. I think we're going to get Braun in a marquee match. I think Jinder's probably going to get Cena if Cena's not getting that belt again. But other than that, I don't really know. You know what? I don't know. Um, I was looking at rumors from WrestleMania last year and how the card has changed so much because originally they, you know, they were wondering, or at least according to Meltzer, they were like, well, Will John Cena will Undertaker face John Cena for the WWE Championship, or will um, Undertaker face Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship? And then none of that sort of it happened, but it didn't happen for the championship. They were trying to figure out what do they need, who needs what. I think it's all very last minute things, but I do think we're getting Roman Brock. Um, I think we are going to the Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose thing kind of throws a wrench in everything. Yeah, I think that's where um, they were going with. I think that's what, what was about to happen with Seth. I think he's on he's on an island right now. I'm I'm not sure. See, with the shame with this Daniel Bryan feud, I'm not. Sure. I'm like, what is the end point if we're not going to have Daniel Bryan wrestle? What are we sort of working towards the aggression? and the hostility and the conflict and everything if we don't have him get back in the ring. I think out of all the years, this is the most one where it could be logical just because Daniel Bryan's contract is going to run out. He's gone through doctors and he's gone on this, you know, this press tour talking about how he feels good to wrestle, but WWE won't clear him, but so many people have cleared him. Like, I think this 2018 will be the year. It's like, does Daniel Bryan get back into a WWE ring? I think, the, I mean, there's no bigger place for that to happen than WrestleMania. Actually, you know who'll be good for Seth? I think you turn Finn and you have Seth and Finn go at it because they never fin- they never wrapped that feud up. I, th- I think that's a that's a great feud to have, a great match, at least. I feel like they definitely need to turn somebody on yeah. Raw. They yeah. need another big, um, big heel. 
Yeah, I think that that's a good idea. But yeah, that's that's our look into to WrestleMania. Actually, speaking of Finn Balor, a guy who's kind of lost his way in 2017, huh? Yeah, he returned right before WrestleMania. He was like, "Hey, I'm cleared to go for WrestleMania." Yeah, he didn't return. He he returned the night after, but he was ready yeah. way before that. We got nothing for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like. His I don't first know if they had him subbed for the Triple H match in case Rollins didn't go. His first feud was Elias. <laughs> was it Elias? I don't even remember. His Listen, first feud had to be Elias, right? He he didn't have any sort of real strong footing since he's returned. He returned. He had. Let me let me take a look. Actually. Um, he returned on a few house shows. He, well, he was in. Uh, well, he was in. He was. He was doing a bunch of tag matches. He was. He, he was, was beating Gender and Kurt Hawkins a lot. He was the. He was the one that Gender. Before Gender became Gender. He knocked. He, he, he was the last one. He. He almost got a concussion. Yeah, he almost got a concussion from the guy. Uh, oh, oh, the actually, you know what? The Bray Wyatt feud took up a lot of his year. From yeah. from June all the way up to right about uh, yeah, because it, it, it weaved in and out because the Bray thing was was t- was to TLC. Teased. It's supposed to end at TLC, or at least it's supposed to continue at TLC. Yeah, and, just and didn't. As of now, I think the last biggest thing he's done, other than beat up the Mistaraj every week, is uh, have a really great match with AJ Styles. Um, I don't I don't know like, again like I don't know where they're going with Finn Balor. I again I will always also have to say give it six more months. Um, it's it's all gonna fit into place. Like, look at look. Dean Ambrose is gone now. So who do you think it's called? You know what I'm saying? Like, who do you think it's called right. up to that position next? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's gonna happen for somebody, and I think it's all about timing because there's so many people on this roster. So it's like, it, and it sucks to say, but Dean Dean is gone. Seth needs a dance. You know, he needs a dance partner. Who who better than you know to have Finn Balor be his tag team partner or something like that, and then he turn on him or, or whatever. One hundred percent. Uh, but I I think we get we give him a couple give him a couple months. I don't think Finn's a lost cause yet, not at all. G- give him one more turn. Um, speaking of another return, the Shield return, and that's and and I think we talked Barely. about that. Yeah, it's been a snake bitten uh, reunion between them. It's barely. It, it was, it's nice to see them. It's like. I don't know, like a group, when a group gets back together, maybe like Destiny's Child, I don't know, and and Roman is Beyonce. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but it's like it's like getting those. He's like, oh, now the sum of all parts. It's but it, it it just hasn't worked out, and it's unfortunate because I'm sure they wanted to make a ton of money, and maybe they did. Maybe it was a, a great cash grab in 2017, and they sold a ton of Shield merch. They made and shirts. They went, <laughs> They went on the European tour. Everybody was a member of the Shield for a day. They let all the old people in. Like, you know, they, they, Triple H was a member of the Shield. He threw on a vest. Krangle was a member of the Shield. He threw on a vest. They were giving everybody vests. Um, but, it's, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Didn't feel special either to me. It didn't really feel that special to me. No, because it kind of. The, the Dean Ambrose Seth Rollins reuniting thing felt special yeah. because it was teased over a couple of weeks and then Roman was like hey guys I'm here too <laughs> like it was like it, it, it didn't come with like all three realizing that maybe we need to work together for this common goal I mean it ended up being that but I think it could have been done way better yeah, and uh, let's let's rapid fire through a, a couple more of these before I get to what I think 
is the biggest story of the year. I think you agree too. Um, Oscar, Oscar finally beats Goldberg's streak and has the the biggest streak in wrestling that is still ongoing. Um, we we've done a deep dive with her before, but I think this is actually a really cool story. Um, and I think one of the best moments of the year so far, just to see someone who, not I don't think we ever imagined that she would become the character that she is now i don't think i expected it when she first debuted and you know i'm she's one of my favorite wrestlers in the whole company and i think that's you know she has it you know and she gets it and i I think she has an aura and and a charisma about her that like other people like like uh nakamura and tozawa haven't really gotten like she connects in a way i'm not saying that shinsuke doesn't connect but she connects in a way that he doesn't with the crowds and and i think that she she comes off really cool some weeks and other times she doesn't, but um, I think she more more often than not she hits more than Nakamura does. I just really love Oscar. I I love Oscar. I love Oscar as much as I love Rusev Day. Um, we also had the Moro Ronaldo incident. If, if you guys remember, Moro Ronaldo was actually starting the year on SmackDown, and he ended the year on NXT, which to most people would seem like a demotion, but tomorrow is probably the best thing that could have. Yeah, it probably could have happened. You know, the best thing that probably could have happened to him. Um, it. We're not still really sure what happened. A lot of people thought that it was because of bullying, um, JBL and JBL, and I think that. And, and let me just say this: like that was all bullshit. Like dogpiling JBL for something that happened years ago that no one has said has happened yet since is. I think that was utter bullshit, and I think everyone who was harping that they, you know, because you know when it came out that it wasn't JBL, everyone was silent. No one said anything. It was like, oh shit. But it's like it's fucked up. You 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 like you put a, a target on JBL's back and, and made his last couple of weeks at WWE really really rough because you thought he was bullying someone that he wasn't. I think JBL will be fine. <laughs> but it's, it's I mean uh, not saying that he's like not not poor at JBL, but it's like you, you mean, it's like you 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 like come on you you've been accused of something you've never you haven't done before, you know it's, it's and, and it's like come on it's, it's ridiculous especially something that as big as bullying you know like JBL don't gotta bully this guy. And he, he and you know, it caused a lot of a lot of BS about bullying culture within the WWE, and, and um, it eventually comes. I mean, Morrow took the bag anyway. You know, like he still yeah. took the yeah. bag. One hundred percent. He's like, I'm taking the Conor McGregor versus Wood Mayweather bag, and I'm also taking the NXT bag. And I think Triple H really wanted him in the WWE. I think Michael Cole and Triple H, who are big proponents of Morrow, really wanted him there, and they wanted to find a situation that worked best for him. But they also wanted him to be healthy and make sure he can return on his own merit and feel like it was the right situation. So I think everything sort of worked out well for the best. I think Tom Phillips is a great fit for SmackDown, even though I think he. Like he comes from the school where he just pretty much like butted off of Michael Cole. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a great fit on SmackDown. It's kind of a young, fresh, you know, announced team on SmackDown, which I think is very, very nice. And you have sort of the a little more grizzled, little more bit known veterans featuring Corey Graves on Raw, which I think is good too. So I think it works out best for all parties. Yeah. Um. I I don't I don't miss Moral on main shows at all. Trust me. I don't think he's a great uh, commentator anyway. Um, we also had the May. We had a, this was a really great year for tournaments. Um, we had the WWE UK tournament, which spawned some of the best shows that the WWE has produced this year. And we had the um, the May Young Classic, which while it wasn't as great as the Cruiserweight or the UK tournament, um, I thought it was really promising and it really showcased some new stars that we'll be seeing in 2018. I think it did good. I think um, I think 
they what May Young didn't bring in in sort of the star you know the star power it brought in terms of just okay we have a crop of new women ready to go and with the UK tournament I feel like it's just something different it's a nice alternative it introduces the world to like worldly wrestling it makes wrestling feel a little bit more of a sport than anything and we've got great matches from it I mean just on NXT tonight we had the rematch um between Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. Don't tell me um, what happened. Don't tell me what happened. Don't tell me what happened. I, I didn't watch it, so oh. you. <laughs> I was doing this, um, but it's a it's it's a great match. It's a, you know it's a it's something good. It's something good to effort a network. It makes wrestling feel more of a sport than entertainment. Although it is definitely entertainment, it feels like more of a sport now, which is I think what everybody is just sort of clamoring for. I think like things like the World Cup have sort of changed the perspective of the WWE and, and, and the the power and, and the attention given to the World Cup is, hey, hey, we can do these tournaments. Do you think we get an, another tournament in 2018? Uh, I think UK gets a show. Um, I don't think Mae Young goes back. I, I, if I any, mean, we have the mixed tag tournament. Yeah, we have that. I think we get a Dusty Rhodes Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. I would love to see that again. Yeah. Just tag teams around them. You don't even have to be a tag team. Just be two guys who show up. Just show up. Tag teams will be nice, but, you know, just show up. Um, this year, we also had some... We had some notable releases and notable <laughs> signings. Yes. Uh, let, let's run through some of the... Let's go through... Let's go to releases first. Um, I'll do releases. You do the signings. Sure. Uh, no, notable releases Jimmy Jacobs over a selfie uh, Austin Aries over a banana Emma over <laughs> Emma over a gimmick Jack Swagger <laughs> Jack Swagger because we don't really remember where he's from Josh Breedle from Tough Enough I didn't even remember he was signed uh, Simon Gotch for being annoying Tajiri uh, uh, for showing up he, for showing up to the Cruiserweight Classic <laughs> he was just old he was just like alright we don't, we don't have time for this yeah uh, Jim Johnson which I, I think hurt a lot of people I, I don't think people are talking about Jim Johnson's release enough but um, Jim Johnson I, I don't know I don't know I, I haven't actually heard from Jim heard, Johnson ever I heard it wasn't and they, they don't announce like uh, behind the camera talents as being released uh, on the site, but I heard it wasn't amicable. I heard they just kind of let his contract end, and they let him because they wanted to replace him with CFO. Um, and I and I, I hope that they WWE at least owns some of the stuff that he made. But the, I would imagine they do. But if you think about it, though, a lot of the people on the roster right now don't have his theme music anymore. They all have CFO stuff. That's true, but I mean, when you go back to old DVDs and old retrospectives and all the things they definitely use jim johnson music i like to think the wwe owns it or at least owns it for a period of time but i would think considering you 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 know you featured the undertaker for the last 30 years you featured macho man for the last 30 years even hulk hogan i would think you own that i hope so it's for the network's sake i hope so or else they're gonna be paying out a lot um, uh, James Ellsworth, uh, for being completely useless, useless to Carmella, was also released this year. Oh my God! And let's put um, an asterisk. Let's put an asterisk by it, Neville, because I think that's coming any day now. Did, did I have Neville? Shit. No, no, you didn't. But I mean, rightfully so. He's still signed. He's still in the contract. But we'll put an asterisk by him because that that could come any day now. Um, we had signings. We had Adam Cole 
and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Yes. As um, the Undisputed Era. I'm literally putting them in now. I completely forgot those two. Um, <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly as new signings. So we had the Undisputed Era as new signings. We also had um, one I don't have on this list now. We had Drew McIntyre return. Um, Drew McIntyre got re-signed to WWE and, you know, he's made his impact already, becoming NXT champion in the process. We had Leo Rush, um, someone who's got a lot of flack over the last couple weeks. Um, I think it's overall dying down and hopefully moving in 2018, he has a much more prosperous year. I think Regal, um, I think Regal is going to keep him close to the chest for the time being. I, I hope so. Um, we've had Mike and Maria Klinis. And things haven't been going. They had a great, you know, great story about Mike and his drug addiction and overcoming that, which I think could have been something. But they really haven't used him on SmackDown since Maria was announced as pregnant. Yeah. Um, so it kind of sucks, especially he's, if I'm a worker and want to work. Well, he's been at the perform- performance center, and I think he's been training. So I, I, I would, and I think he worked a dark match a week ago or something like that. Um, against Rude, and he lo- and he lost that match. But I-, I think he's on the way to coming back. The only thing with him is that he's on SmackDown. is It's just so top heavy, and then NXT's top heavy now too. So he doesn't really fit anywhere. But um, I-, I really hope he finds he finds his place next year. I mean, ha- ha- have him go against uh, against Mojo. I think I think that'd be a cool feud. I, I think it would be great. Um, we had Zelina Vega, formerly Thea Trinidad, um, signed to the main roster. Now she's part of. You know, the winning team with Andre Ajari, Cien Amos, um, Candice LeRae. Where did I have her? She didn't. She, she didn't sign. No, it was the other girls. From um, the May Young Classic, we had Kyrie Sane, um, I think Abby Lace. She was already uh, signed. Abby was already signed. Yeah, she, she, wait, she was signed this year, though. I think she had a match last year on NXT. She's just been off TV uh, for a really long time. Okay. Yeah. Jan- no, she signed it. Well, it was just top of this year, but you know, a number of the women in the in the May Young Classic yeah. was signed to the WWE. Missy Martinez. Uh, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of them were. It was. I think. I think more than half of them were. I think the only ones that weren't was uh, like Tony Storm and uh, what's her name, Piper. Piper wasn't, right. which was uh, ridiculous, Shock- shocking. She didn't get signed. Crazy. Shayna Baszler, of course. We, we talked about her. Um, and Kanadi Brink as the first female referee at the WWE. So, um, not such a, you know, besides Adam Cole and probably like Drew McIntyre, they didn't raid the indies as they typically do. Because I think they've got, <laughs> up, I think they've got up more than they can handle unless the Bucks end up showing up. Um, 2018, they're hint, it's hinted we have p- potentially Kenny Omega. Uh, 2018 no 20 he's, he's done he's 20 he's he's done in 2019 i don't think he's coming he's, he's got a year in 2019 yeah he signed a two-year deal oh my god all right yeah. um ricochet possibly i've heard conversations about ricochet I, I would lean really heavily to that happening i lean really i think you're about to say her name but tessa blanchard i'd lean really heavily to that happening too uh ec3 i tend i would lean very very heavily into him coming back as well um so 2018 we're gonna have some stuff to look forward to yeah who would you um, like to see signed that isn't signed already i think they've got everybody shoot i think to me i would probably <clears throat> want to see oh my god uh i don't think i want to see zach saber jr 
I thought I did. <laughs> he's so like tiny. He's the, <laughs> no, but I like him. But I, I don't know if he's the fit for the WWE. I think I like him much more than any scene. I love Zack Sabre Jr., but I think he's a much more, you know, fit on that sort of scene. I could see... Is Timothy Thatcher still wrestling? Uh, yes. I could see him. I could see... Who else you got? You know the indie scene and... In, in, in uh, of, um... Anybody I think the, the, the biggest is this yet. the year Jay Lethal finally. <laughs> no, they don't want him. Um, I, I, I mean, honestly, to me, and just to keep it a hundred, the biggest get that they that they that they signed was Tommy End. I think he was the biggest get to me, and he's doing excellently on on NXT right now. I was the most excited about him when they signed him uh, last year. Um, I think that Matt Riddle is someone I would love to see go there. I, w- I would like to see Keith Lee. They've already got Donovan Dijak. He's imminent to, to debut really soon. Um, from Ring of Honor, Marty Scroll. I really like Marty Scroll. I think he. Be- I, like I like the cut of his jib. Yeah, I, I think he'd be great in the UK. Uh, the UK division. Um, I, not a lot of people from like Ring of Honor. Their roster is really kind of like rebuilding itself. Because yeah. a lot of those guys are gone. I mean, other than like the Bucks and stuff, and I don't, I don't necessarily think they would fit in WWE whatsoever. But uh, I mean, I, I think they need to to sit tight with what they have right now. They've got a lot right now. I think it's almost too much. Such a pack roster. I, I see I a mean, couple of those people falling off, falling by the wayside too. I don't see all of them staying. I mean, since we're talking about Ring of Honor, let's get a few stuff that happened outside of WWE. Um, we have the Bullet Club sort of expanded I feel like they expanded this brand just like oh like they're the everywhere was everywhere they're everywhere they're, they're the biggest thing in indie wrestling I, I mean I would say they're the indie NWL and they, we've never had that we've never had an impact like say what you will about them I'm not a huge fan of them anymore but um, you know they're, they know how to use social media and they are the blueprint as to how to make money off of your Twitter if you're in the wrestling business they're, they are the blueprint for that they will trust me in like 20 years they're gonna be the Kevin Nash and Scott Hall who's out here doing shoot interviews but they're like folded and their gruff voices like oh man we sold we had to be sold at least a million t-shirts that year like you know just making them crazy wrestling or (laughs) hyperbolic you know hyperbullies and shit like that so they're gonna do that but you know they Cody Rhodes just seems to be a good fit with them as sort of de facto non-Kenny leader um (laughs) I mean Kenny Kenny's more worried about New Japan so they had to have that guy that was going to be here all the time right um and speaking of Kenny Kenny Omega and you know Okada one of the hottest feuds of the year yeah I I mean I actually think this is like really the most talked about feud one of the most talked about stories talked about debates everything it's is did you see this match did you think it was the greatest match ever and you know, if you didn't, you're crazy. Or if you didn't, then maybe you're one of the good ones. Or like, it, it was just such a great conversation piece that I think New Japan finally had, and you know, had something that people talked about after the night that it ended. I don't think I've how ever. How do you feel? How did you feel after? So 2016, one of Kenny Omega's shining moments, winning the G1 tournament. And, you know, he goes to Wrestle Kingdom, and do you feel like it should have been his time then, or even it should have been his time any time this year? Uh, I, I'll i talk about this more <laughs> next week, but okay. gotcha. um, I do have issues 
with his booking. I think his booking is some of the most bewildering stuff I've ever seen for a major guy that they want to push. You have this guy win your biggest tournament, then you have him lose to the champion, then you have him lose to, then you have him disappear after some weird contract negotiation stuff where no one really knows if he's coming back and people are saying he's going to show up at the Royal Rumble. I don't know who that got over. You know, like that was just completely weird. You have him disappear for 2-3 months, then he shows up again, loses to the guy again, but he's not a focal point anymore. Then he, you know, and the second match is, my, is, is, is great. And then you have him going to the G1. Um, he finally beats Okada in the G1. Then he loses the G1 tournament. And then it's like, well, he, he, but he wins the, the, uh, the U.S. championship in Long Beach. And he doesn't, like, it's just weird. I don't know what they, what they do for Kenny. I don't know what, like, their booking for him is all off to me. I don't think they book him like a top guy. But they don't book him like he's, like, well, they book him like a top guy. I, w- I won't say they won't, but they don't book him like he's like Okada, you know? Right. They right. they it's, it's clearly like, hey, I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's. You know, they book him like Nakamura. Maybe. They book him like Nakamura was booked when he was there. He was good enough, but he wasn't good enough to be Okada like in the when it mattered. And <sighs> and I think that's a major reason why Okada or well, Nakamura probably left because he was like, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna beat this guy. And it's like Kenny kills himself every single match he's had great matches against guys that you would have never thought he would have had great matches with like juice um and and he's managed to pull four stars out of these guys and make it really believable i do think that kenny should have had the should have had the belt i do think he'll get the belt this year because i think he's going to lose to chris jericho on in in wrestle kingdom but um i think he'll lose the belt and i think he'll get he'll get the belt back from okada and i think he'll lose it at wrestle kingdom and i think he'll leave so yeah uh, let's let's run through the last few because I gotta get out of here. <laughs> For sure. Um, uh, um, Jeff Jarrett returned to TNA. Umpteen time was a consultant. Then it was announced the merge of Global Force and Impact Wrestling, and then shortly after he was banished from TNA. <laughs> <laughs> it feels it feels like a rerun. It honestly feels like a rerun. It feels like we've had this happen before in the same fashion with the same rumors besides the fact that he literally you know merged his company into somebody else got money and then decided hey I'm gonna he didn't decide to slither out but it it, it just the result is kind of the same yeah Um, he's the biggest hustler in wrestling he's the biggest hustler he kind of left TNA it's like or at least Impact Wrestling I know they aren't calling themselves TNA they leave Impact Wrestling sort of more confused than it was before when it was all the rumors that it was gonna you know it was going out of business yeah um i still don't know how impact is still in business i think there's going to be some and i mean as a company as a whole anthem has completely revamped everything about impact wrestling they have uh basically shut down the law uh, which is one of my favorite podcasts a shout out to john pollock and Wei ting um you know they they it's just impact has ruined so many lives this year <laughs> like, so many lives and so many, so many lives I have no I have no clue how how it's still alive, but 2018. I mean, it's, it's still kicking. I think they're gonna lose a lot of people in 2018 though, but they're still kicking. Um, um, the next story, I, I think we're down to like the two biggest stories of the year to to on the show here. Um, I think number two would obviously be the rise of Braun Strowman. I never Braun foresaw Stromania. this. I never I never foresaw this. I never saw this happening. It's, it's for some reason, he just has an, he had when they say. That guy needs it. He has it. Yeah. For some reason, it and it is working. Yeah. And 
they've given him all of the tools to make it work. Um, similar to, you know, the rise of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know Braun Strowman and Stone Cold are very polarizing characters, but they're investing in him. They're giving him the toys. They're showing him up in trucks. He's dying in monster trucks. He's pushing over people. He's killing people. He's going through rings. He's having steel cage matches. He's doing, he's throwing chairs. He's doing everything. They've given him everything to work. And, you know, it's, he hasn't become champion, you know, yet. I don't know if he needed it this year, but he's, Braun Strowman is working. The rise of Braun Strowman is, it's been crazy over the last year. Yeah, super crazy. He's, I mean, he beat Roman Reigns all summer. Um, had a had a okay match with with Brock Lesnar. It didn't really slow him down, but I mean, he was the star of the Survivor Series match, and I'd, I'd argue on a lot of nights he is the star of Raw. Um, I think he's someone who has all the intangibles other than his size. He can talk, um, and he he just has a superstar look to him. I'm a huge fan of, of Braun Strowman, and it's something that I never thought I would say last year. But they hit, this is a this is proof that WWE can make a guy when they want to make a guy. But he also has to have it, like you said, in order to for them to make it. So if anyone wants to make it in the in in you know in the company, they got to look at him. And speaking of someone who questionably may or may not have it, but oh they decided he is it, and it is what you should be looking at, and it is what we're moving forward with, um, the biggest story of the year. Um, and I'll let you talk about it, because... Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think we all were taken aback by this. I think it was confusing. Twitter melted down. I think I, they might have sh- crashed Twitter when this happened, but it was the most talked about moment of the year. It was the most debated... It was the most argued. It was the most fucking defied. People hated this shit. And um, I, I mean, for no reason other than that, this is our biggest moment of the year in wrestling. Jinder Mahal becomes the WWE champion. Um, it's crazy because he was originally brought back the previous year just to fill a roster spot. They were doing three-hour Raws. They were splitting the brands. They needed more bodies on you know the thing. He showed up... Um, he got in tremendous shape. I'll give him that. He got in tremendous shape. He, he looks, you know, like a million bucks now. He's gotten in a, you know, he's he's worked hard. Um, he, he was a runner-up in the Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Ended up getting eliminated by Mojo and Gronk. Um, and then, for some reason, they just decided, hey, we're going to abruptly turn this corner and just give him the strap. And it was crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean... There's, you'll never see me complain or argue about what he did to get there. You'll never see me or hear me complain about him not deserving it. You'll never hear me say that. I've always maintained that the reason I was against it is because the guy didn't, he just couldn't work. And I, and I think we all knew that. I think we all knew that there was going to be a lot of smoke and mirrors. That's why they got the Singh brothers. That's why they put him in a bunch of gimmick matches. That's why they hid him behind a bunch of bullshit. Um, but I think, you know, as far as the, the experiment went, they, he put he was put over a lot of guys. They put him over Randy Orton three times. Shinsuke Naka fucking... That was his first loss. Shinsuke Nakamura was what was Jinder Mahal. Like, they put him over a lot of guys to make him, and it did not make him. And 
I think everyone argues this point. Everyone says this. There was a lot of ironic love for gender because they people thought it was in direct competition to people who were racist. And if you didn't like them, you were racist and you were a hater. That's not what this is about. I think a lot of it was what it was about. But to me, and I think a lot of other people, that's not what it was about. I, th- I think it was about the fact that on a roster that was already shoestring, you put a guy in that place who couldn't work against an AJ Styles, who couldn't work against even a Kevin Owens at this point, and you put him over a lot of guys to try and make him a star. And then in November, you said, fuck it. Let's think about the, the, time, the time period of the last six weeks for Jinder Mahal. He had a match against Brock Lesnar. They, they abruptly switched the title off of him to AJ Styles, beat him in Europe of all places. After that, uh, just a couple days ago, they beat him, for, they beat him again. Oh uh, no no! Weeks before that, Triple H beat him in India, clean. That was wild. Clean. You know they 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 completely like, you know and and I always say this about gender and I always say it as a joke. Gender goes on Twitter and says, after he lost the belt in, in Europe, he says, "I was an experiment. I'm going to be around for a really long time. I didn't have a wellness uh, violation. You know I I don't have heat backstage. But everything that has happened to him since he tweeted that." has pointed to the fact that this experiment is over. I I can't stress this enough. That's do over. You think there, do you think there's an opportunity, though, that he could become WWE champion again? No. Absolutely not. Look at what look at where he was on SmackDown on Tuesday. He didn't get I'm pinned. Gonna, I'm just going to... I'm going to disagree. And I'm not saying that they'll do it immediately. I'm not saying that we're going to get it. I mean, we may get it immediately. Who the hell knows? But I'm not going to say they're going to do it immediately. But I think they have now this different type of star on the roster. And they're at least going to want to entertain that because now you've built a sort of bigger heel. I think. Um, Is he a bigger heel? He's, he's a bigger heel than he was. You he put him, when you put him beside, when you put him he, beside he Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. an ineffective heel. He was an ineffective heel before. He's much bigger than he was before. But when you put him next to those two guys that I just mentioned, like last night on SmackDown, he looked, he was a nobody out there. He didn't, like I said, he didn't take the pen, but he was, he was a body. That's true. He was about that. He, he I, I'll say this: the Sings give him presence, but when you put him, if you put him next to a Triple H, you put him next to an AJ Styles, you put him next to a Braun Strowman, you put him next to a Kevin Owens. Fuck, you put him next to a fucking Miz. He is not a big heel. He looks mid card. His 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 story is mid card. His character is mid card. He screams mid card. Give him the U.S. title. I'm okay with that. That's where he goes in 2018. But as far as in headline, he was the biggest story of the year. One hundred percent. It was it was shocking. He broke the internet. He broke everything. Well, I don't know about the internet, but he broke wrestling internet. It oh, he did. Just like what happened? Um, he did. He did that by having no no good matches. He did that by he did that by never main eventing a pay per view that he was champion on. He never made it. The only time he did that was on Sunday. And that was because he was next to who? A bigger he star. He wasn't even champion, but he wasn't champion. Oh, exa- was exactly. There you go. Exactly. He, he, there you go. It, it's, it speaks volumes as to how they thought about him six months ago to how they think about him right now. 
I and you know they want to say that it was it was India, it was those Indian numbers, and, and you know I know you you love to look at the YouTube. Yes, they popped the number in India and, on YouTube, but they did not pop an attendance number in India proper. And I think that's where they said, you know what, we got to cut the, we got to cut our losses here. He's beating everybody. He can't. We can't have him beat AJ. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Dang. Jinder Mahal, the biggest story in 2017. I feel like we can do better in 2018. Just gonna no lie. I feel like we can do better. We already have Women's Royal Rumble lined up. We have Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 12. Yes, 12. Um, we have you know the potential. There's there's Brock Lesnar's contract which is coming up, which is up in the air. We have Daniel Bryan's future, which is up in the air. Yeah, Neville's future. Yeah. Neville's future, which is up in the air. We have will Undertaker return or not? Will Asuka streak finally break? Will Wilkin Matt Hardy be something to you know be something in the WWE as it was in TNA? Will a lot of things happen? I mean, 2018. It's gonna be wilder than this year. I'll, I'll go on a limb and say that. Sure. I hope so. I mean, unless something super controversial happens, um, but. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wilder than this year. And I and I have to thank you guys for and and Mills yourself for uh, being a, being with us on this ride. We have one more year in show to go, and that is our best matches of the year. Um, we'll be going in a deep dive of some of our our best matches. Mills Mills will pick one. I'll pick one, and we'll talk about it. Um, so yeah, next week you have the, the the last part of that, and of course, as always, with every week on the A Show, we'll run down the shows of the week and some of the most pertinent news. I don't know if there's going to be any big news, but I always say that, and then Tuesday hits, and we have like Kurt Angle <laughs> wrestling and Finn Balor wrestling AJ Styles. So we'll see what happens next week. We'll see what happens. Until then, we'll see you. See you guys. See you guys later. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, of course, at LGJohnny5 and at Mills TV, M E E L Z TV. Tell us your thoughts on what was the biggest story of 2017 and give us a preview into your favorite matches of 2017 as well. And next week, we'll be back with that list. Until next time, this is the A Show signing off. See you later. Peace.